So yeah, my name is George Lang and I've uh, been the executive director now of Freedom Works. Well, I guess the story would start inside prison when I met Fred. And uh, now for a guy like myself, and I'll lay a little foundation of the guys, the commonalities of the men that we serve. You know, um, I've been through, you know, broken house or home, um, displaced, abandoned as a child, learned life on my own terms, around, surrounded by a group of people that were also learning life on their own terms. There was no, really no adults, there was no guidance, there's no, there's no mentoring, there's no coaching, it's, you figure it out. And as you're figuring it out, everything becomes permissible. You know, it's, it's okay. And even though we had certain rules as we grew up kind of in crime, we don't steal from our own neighborhood. Um, whenever we, you know, had an opportunity to go to another neighborhood, that was probably better. You know, them types of things are very, probably, you know, you probably yourselves haven't grown, grown up in that type of, uh, you know, thinking. And uh, well, I did. And a lot of the guys that we serve, the majority of them have, they've gotten permissions that have allowed them just to seek themselves and, and, and do what was right in their own minds. We know that the word of God says that that only ends in death. And I'm thankful for that death right now. Um, I'm thankful for that because that death is what set me free. And when I was in prison, I get, uh, I get to meet Fred Peterson. And he, was, he came in, as he said, through a community Bible study. Um, at that time, I was exploring the faith. Um, I had asked God to come into my life when I was in a different prison. This is my third prison sentence. I've been addicted to drugs and alcohol since I was a kid. Uh, life of crime. But third time I'm in prison, I've lost everything. I now have a family and four children. And that genealogy or the curse, so to speak, that's about to be handed off to my kids is painful to know that I've caused this. My choices, regardless to how I was brought up or how I was left, doesn't matter. It's my choices. And I asked God to come into my life in Fairbolt Prison back in 2005. And within well, a couple months, I was in a Lionel Lakes Prison, which is a different facility. And I entered into the Chuck Colson um, IFI, that's the Interchange Freedom Initiative, staffed by volunteers. And then I meet um, Fred Peterson and a group of volunteers. And they would start to surround me. And over time, over a period of uh, four or so months, I would learn who Jesus Christ was. And instead of just asking God to come into my life, but who is Jesus Christ? And why did he die on the cross? And how does that set me free? And that relationship carried over to this facility. So I had a choice when I was getting out of prison. I could go back to my own community, back to the old crowds, back to the old, you know, the, you know, the relationships, and I would end up in prison for the fourth or fifth time, no doubt, if I didn't die first. So I went to Freedom Works, and this is a very special, you know, this picture, this, this property was very special to me because this is where, when I walked into Freedom Works as Fred showed me what my new room was going to look like. Um, I heard God speak that he had made all things new. And it started right there. And to be honest with you, I, as Fred was talking, which many of the times, a lot of times I don't listen to him. <laughs> you know, as he was talking, I was crying. Because what I seen was people that had never knew me had gone before me. 
And I heard the stories, and I seen pictures. You would come into prison and show pictures of this destructed, you know, pretty much crack house, and it's just really bad. And there was hundreds of people that came in there and restored this property. And now I'm sitting there, and I'm or I'm standing at the door, looking at a bed that also had a quilt. And I'm not sure exactly where that quilt came from, but I still own that quilt today. And it, ironically, it's, what, 15 years or so? <laughs> you know, a, it, it matches yours. But it spoke love all over there. And so we had a place to be able to, I had a place, and, and, and the guys that would join us um, had a place to be able to explore our faith and not go back to the old crowds. And, you know, I'm not used to doing these types of PowerPoints. Bear with me. It on where do I point doesn't matter I'm gonna ask you for your help oh I got it it went on so the mission of freedom works is to transition men out of, out of prison it's not that's not the core of our ministry the core of our ministry is to build up disciples of Jesus Christ and just as Fred went into prison and he started to minister to me and guys like me that it was the focus point was that if you had an encounter with Jesus Christ, your life was about to get ruined. Your old life was going to get radically changed, and it does. So for me, we carry on that message. We find that in Second Peter two two for the things that you have learned, share them with other faithful men, so they can in turn teach others. And we're going to offer up some testimonies today for the men that their lives are radically being changed. But I'm also here to be able to give you an update on our ministry. But for me, after this building, this is what it was like for me um, in my second year at Freedom Works. I was allowed to start going back into prisons. And when I was in the prison fellowship program, I heard a message, and I'm going to talk a little bit about this. Um, and it really comes out of Jeremiah, the prophets Jeremiah and Isaiah, two different time periods. But it was speaking right into the life of Israel. Jeremiah would, would often refer to that, you know, prophesize that you were given a sentence and that Israel was going to be hauled off to Babylon and they were going to be, they basically had a 70-year sentence. But so we refer to that as there's a, after 70 years, you'd have a, 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 a release date, so to speak. And then when you pick up the story in Isaiah... There's a prophetic word of how that transition is going to happen. And we also find that in Nehemiah. But when I was in prison fellowship, I heard one of the founders of prison fellowship um, up in Lionel Lakes talk about this army of men that was being raised from incarceration. And I want to read a piece here that's really dear to me. This comes out of Isaiah 42. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness, and I will take hold of your hand, and I will keep and I will make you and be a covenant for my people and the light for Gentiles to open the eyes of the blind, to free the captives from prison, and to release you from the dungeon and those who sit in darkness. And when I got to the point where I started going into prison, God had called me. He definitely called me. And my calling is out of Isaiah 42. And I, I found this particular um, version that I, 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 it's new to me, but this is my people that are plundered and looted, and all of them are trapped in pits or hidden away in prisons, and they have become plunder with no one to rescue them. They have been made a loot, a spoil for others, 
with no one to say, send them back. And for the, for the things that God has poured into me, um, I don't know how I came out with a heart wanting to reach back. I mean, that's in his divine plan. But at one time, I was really angry for the things that I lost in my life, losing my family, sitting in prison. At some point, um, I was called into ministry, and I resisted that, actually. You know, for six months, um, Fred, the, as he passed the torch on to the next director, after, you know, he came in, laid the foundation of Freedom Works, the, the next director asked me to become, or to join staff, and I said no for six months. You know, I didn't even, you know, know what my life in Christ looked like, let alone call to ministry. But as God would just continue to put on my heart, I just couldn't get away from the conviction. So for today, I clearly see what Dan Kingery was saying, that God is raising up an army of men that have been thrown away like me. But God sees a worth in us, and that he's raising us up. He's calling us in his righteousness, and that we're going to come out not only have our life in Christ, but we're also going to impact the communities around us. And the men that you're going to end up hearing today, and eventually I'll get to them, it's right now they're in a raw state. They've had a, they're, they're, they're at this crossroads. They've had this uh, collision with Jesus Christ. And they're also experiencing what I did. What's going on? Everything I used to want to do, I don't want to do anymore. And so for them, they need a, a, a different place than the picture that we talked about before with Freedom Works. Um, we ended up having to move out of that building was dear to me, but it was dangerous. When Bob Tuzanat was uh, killed on August 29th, that pretty much solidified that we got to move. Fred had mentioned there was a few murders on the blocks or on the corners. There was actually six murders within almost like a six-month period, and there was um, six other murders just a couple blocks off of there over another six months. We had to move the drug trade that was happening, the, the criminal activity. We, we talk about the murders, but we didn't. But if you can imagine for guys like myself coming back out of prison, out of addiction and crime, getting going right to a place that's just getting worse and worse, you're hearing murders, but the hourly activity you just couldn't get away from. You couldn't even step outside without being offered drugs. It just got that horrific. So what we wanted to do was take the vision that Fred had laid and expand on that. We knew we, could, we were limited in space, so we set out to find a property. And this is part of the campus that we bought, and this is part of the update that I just want to um, make sure that you know that your prayers and your support that you've given us over the last 15 years has not gone in vain that we've tried to be shrewd stewards over everything that's been given to us. And, but in 2017, I had gone to the board. There was question around the vision, around the vision of Freedom Works. We had different board members that were coming on, and they were asking what that vision was. And everybody had a different vision of what they thought it would be. And they asked me, finally the director, and I've been the director for five years, and I simply asked them, what was wrong with the vision that God gave to Fred? That's the vision. It's not a new vision. We can expand on it, build on that. But we need to take the vision, that foundation, and just bring it to a different property. 
but now we have a, a vision for our, the campus that we're on, but the vision, the core of our mission doesn't change. So we bought this, this property back in 2018. It was actually July of last year we closed on this property. This is actually one building that has 48 units. Now remember, we're going from a space of 6,000 square feet to 125,000 square feet. We moved over in January, six guys. Today we have 60 plus guys in three different programs. We had one program on Penn. So God has just amazingly brought us to a new place. And we, we started to clean up the property. It took 200 volunteers over a period of five months to clean up the first building that I showed you. That was a former assisted living building, and that was the most horrific living conditions that I can ever imagine somebody having to live in. So when I say it took 200 volunteers, five months, just to clean it, it was that bad. But we, we knew our charge, we knew our calling. And therefore, after the first uh, five months and we were entering into the fall season of last year, we named that, that uh, building is the Recovery Community. And it's for the expansion of guys not only coming out of, uh, you know, from reentry from incarceration, but also in recovery. And that's where I just I want to start. And I want to uh, invite one of our, our brothers, Josh, up here and to be able to testify what God is doing through this new property. Josh, come on up. Good morning, church. Um, bear with me, this is my first time doing public speaking. Um, for me, um, life was hard. Uh, it all started when I was eight years old. Um, I had my parents divorced. Um, they're both alcoholics. My mom won custody of us kids, along with my mom's alcohol issues. That's also when I had my first sip of alcohol. Um, my mom didn't take care of me. Um, neither did my dad when I saw him on weekends. I had no guidance throughout life. Um, my parents were physically abusive. I've also been sexually assaulted twice throughout when I was a kid, once when I was eight, once also when I was 15. Um, my mom also, after I had ear surgery, she pulled my ear off when she was drunk and she was mad at me for something. And uh, along with that, I grew with hatred, no trust, couldn't trust any adults. And along with that, I continued that throughout most of my life, which led me to prison. Um, I ended up doing property damage, stealing, my mom didn't feel didn't feed us kids, so I stole. That's how I fed my, fed myself. But also, along with stealing to try to survive, I stole because I felt like the world owed me. Um, I became violent. Um, wasn't proud of that. Um, I had a lot of good uh, people that could have guided me through in life, but I shut it down because of my lack of trust. Um, from the ages of 13, now I'm 27, I pretty much spent majority of my time behind juvenile centers, county jail, 
in prison. I, uh, the longest I've been out is three months. Um, along with that and being institutionalized, which when I was in prison, a psychologist classified me as institutionalized. I was also violent in there, but uh, I built a lot of fear, fear of the outside world, having no work history, no guidance, never paid bills, never had a license or a permit. So there was a lot of fear. Uh, when I got closer to my expiration date, I went into, which back then was called IFI, which is now called Prison Fellowship. I graduated as class 41. I did that. That was in the biggest and. Uh, biggest way for God to enter into my life, but I was still stubborn, still getting arguments with people, fights, going to SAG, um, and then along with that, I went to treatment, and then I completed treatment right before I got out, but I almost sabotaged it because I was scared of getting out. I didn't have anything. I didn't have no support. Tom Lundquist, who works in prison fellowship, suggesting me to come to Freedom Works. I was scared, but I did hear God's voice saying, I have a plan for you. And being still scared, instead of doing what I always do, which means I always got the same result. So I had to try something new. It was scary, really scary. And what I trust in God to be able to guide me in the right direction. Um, I'm going to back up. Uh, at the age of 17, I also did gay 2, which is synthetic marijuana, which I was addicted to. Um, so I had a lot of ways that I coped with it, alcohol, drugs, violence, um, which Freedom Works offered to work on that area because I struggle with emotions management. That's another way that, uh, that I also stuff things with. Um, but coming to Freedom Works when I got out, it was scary. First night, I looked out the window. There was cop lights and ambulance. First thing that went to my mind was, they're coming to get me. Um, I talked to a few men that are also in Freedom Works, and they all supported me. That's the biggest thing I got out of Freedom Works, which is something I never had in my life, which was support. Um, I can say without Freedom Works, I wouldn't be here today coming up on the 20th. It will be one day past the longest I've ever been out. And Freedom Works and God have kept me to where I am now and has given me hope to be able to continue my process, also to continue my recovery. I don't need to hide or stuff it. I got Christ to pray to, to talk to. You know, he's always telling me, I am here, I love you. If I love you, you can love others. If I forgave you, you can forgive others.
those are the things that I got to imitate. Same thing as Christ. There's a, a little small story that I like to share, and I shared it with the kids from last night. I like to think of all, all of us men and women as like wheat. One wheat alone cannot stand when the wind blows on its own. But when weed or when wheat is grown in a bundle or and the wind blows, they stand together and they will not fold, bend or break. And that's just what Freedom Works is for me. So. Thank you, brother. I like that story. Amen to that. So nothing fires me up more to hear than a psychologist that he's institutionalized. That's what I heard. He's institutionalized. Just leave him in. Or a man sitting on his bunk like the picture showed earlier with the cross in the background, but he doesn't want to leave. I don't want to get out because I don't want to have to go through this all again. I think this is where God has called me out of Isaiah 42. Give them back. Give them back. The enemy has had a stronghold on us. Josh is now just experiencing a life that's just going to continue to flourish. That person you're seeing here today, where is he going to be in 10 years? Where is he? If we have a vision of what his life could and just continue to encourage him, he's never going back. He's never going back. Well, let me, uh, here we go again. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go through for for uh, um, trying to be sensitive to time. So this is, the, can you imagine getting out of prison out of a concrete and bars and that you've maybe never even had a place or maybe you've been homeless and, and, and the only place you've ever had is while you're incarcerated? This is what a guy's coming home to. That's not dignified. That is absolutely dignified. And I work with and collaborate with a lot of different reentry services and different treatment centers and there is nothing like Freedom Works. There's nothing like it because we hold the standard of dignity for each one of our men. And this is just a picture, you know, as we've grown, you know, from six guys in January that we brought over. And the reason why we had six, guys didn't want to come there. It was a it was the okay corral. And this community just continues to grow. And this is a picture of one of the fellowship, or this is a picture of the fellowship area. There's one of five conferences that are on campus. It's really exciting days for us at Freedom Works. This is the blessing closet. We call this the blessing closet because over on Penn, remember, 6,000 square feet don't give you a lot. We had a closet. It was a three-by-three three closet. And, uh, you know, when I came on staff, I've been everything from the, you know, um, houseman, start off as a houseman, to I was the cook, you know, the janitor to the development director, so to speak, to you name it, I've wore it. But I also, you know, have served the guys when they're first getting out, getting their transitional needs. And it seemed like every guy that came out, we had this three-by-three three closet that everything they needed was always at the bottom of the pack, and this closet was just filled with stuff, and that's the only room we had. So we used to just pack it in with clothes and necessities, but this blessing closet, this is one of three rooms. And if you can see in the cupboards, and they align the entire, the entire room, 
that has the shampoos and deodorants and the toothpaste, every basic transitional need. Bus passes come out of here, linens come out of here, and it's staffed by a church that's down in North Minneapolis. They only, not only do they go out and raise all the clothes and, uh, and necessities, but they also, they're just two devoted people. One of them's been on our board, Cheryl uh, Meyer, and that uh, she has R for the guys, but now we, we keep the name but you're only seeing maybe half a, of the size of this one of three rooms. It's just, it's just what, a, what a blessing it is. And uh, now this is Victor Barrios and his children. This is exciting. So I got out of prison. I come to Freedom Works, and I've got four children. And the mission of Freedom Works is to reconcile men to God, family, and community. So when we look at how we reconcile men to family, there's, we never had a place. Um, to be able to bring children over to. If you did, you were going to meet with them in a program area where the other guys shared, you know, so it really wasn't a special time. Them days are over. So when we came over to this property in that, in that amazing building that you've seen earlier, that this is one of the lobby, or this is the lobby area, and Victor's bringing in his kids. At this time, Victor got out in January 16th of, of this year, and we immediately set him up in his own apartment so he could have his kids and reconcile with them in a way to, you know, dad's home. Dad's home. Now, he lives there. The children live with the mother, but we've never had, we never could afford space for that over at the old Freedom Works, so we couldn't. There was also insurance. There was also a variety of different um, things that we had to work out to be able to make this happen. So we have what's referred to as, as Todd's, Todd's uh, Gift. It's one of our board members' son passed away, and, and we named it Todd's Gift. Um, you know, he died of cancer, but Mike Getty, along with Fred, became fathers to many of us. So Mike Getty, his son, so we wanted to honor him as Mike has been a father to us. And Malachi says that we want, or the word of Malachi 4.6 is to turn the hearts back to the children, or the, or the fathers back to the children, and the children's hearts back to the fathers. So this is exciting times uh, for FreedomWorks to have its own family unit. And, of course, I just took this picture here. Um, the other couple weeks ago, I was down uh, and just doing a bonfire with the guys, um, I, I discovered you can only have the bonfire this high. Well, of course, I come, and I just want to you know, get it as high as we can have it. But this is sitting on a garden that's five, um, that's five lots that is right next to Freedom Works, and Freedom Works now owns that place. That's probably the future place that we are going to house women and children. That's future, so keep that in prayer. So the bonfire is going to go away. And this is um, the next building I'm going to talk about. But before I do, I want to invite a brother up here um, who I grew up with for a short period of time in my life. It's when we started using together, and he's going to share for a couple minutes. Buck, can you come up? Good morning. Um, like Josh, I'm a little nervous up here. I'm not too good at speaking. But um, I guess, like George said, uh, um, I started abusing drugs at a very young age. Um, broken home, broken family, you know, um, brothers all addicted. Um, you know, I basically had to fend for myself. Um, I was homeless, uh, heartbroken, um, you know, and I heard of this place. My old friend George was living in it, Freedom Arts, you know, and. and I guess that was my calling, and um, a 
Upon me entering Freedom Works, um, I have had an opportunity to complete a, an outpatient treatment program. Um, I've gotten in touch with the Lord. I mean, I, I, I knew of God, but I didn't know him, you know, and, and I have that opportunity now. Um, my life is just great. I mean, um, service work, uh, you know, just so much is happening in my life. It gets overwhelming, but, you know, through prayer, I'm able to handle that, you know, and, you know, I'm just glad to be, have this opportunity to, you know, speak to all of you people, you know, um, really, I keep going here, but, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Freedom Works is, uh, my time, yeah, yeah, I've, I've had, uh, <laughs> I've done a total of 13 years, um, various crimes, uh, you know, various stays, uh, my last stay was nine years, um, you know, I've, I've been out for a couple of years, but, uh, you know, I was, I went straight back to my addiction and, and, and you know, it's just, Freedom Works just came into my life and, and, and you know, uh, it just helped me so much. You know, um, I really can't begin to explain, uh, you know, how, how the Lord has, has captivated me and, and just, you know, he's growing in me. I, I, I like to say he planted a seed in me, you know, and, and it's growing, you know, and just thank you. But well, that's a diamond in the rough. That brother right there came in January and reached out to me. We departed ways at about 14. I went more towards cocaine. He went to meth. He spent 38 years after that, and I had not seen him addicted to meth in and out of prison. And when we first sat down at the tables, I realized, and I, there's a newsletter in the back if any of you would like to pick it up that goes a little bit more. I realized he had not a... Um, collision yet with Jesus Christ. He did not have a relationship. That brother right there is serving the community and is one of the staples, staples in our culture of men. And so I'm excited. I'm wondering what it's going to look like when we come back here next year to see how your guys' lives are just starting to really starting to blossom even more. It's going to be beautiful. Can I invite up at this time, I want to invite up a brother that uh, just got done graduating in a FreedomWorks program, Corey if we can give him a warm hand. Hey everybody, my name is Corey, uh, 31. Freedom Works is, uh, well, I'm glad to be here today. I'm, I'm in a lot better place than I've ever been. Um, Freedom Works is home to me. Um, with all these guys, you know, I, I found a family a family that I never really had. Um, these guys just keep me standing on my own two feet, you know. And, um, I grew up in North Mini or North Wisconsin. Um, my family were all drug addicts. Um, oh, a lot of meth use in my family. Um, I spent a lot of time. Uh, house with no lights on. I don't know why, but you know it was just really dark my whole childhood and early adulthood. And uh, 
eventually I found myself using meth um, and ended up being homeless, um, suicidal. But um, God came to me on a light rail, sleeping on a light rail in the middle of winter, and he just put it on my heart to find treatment, and the psych ward told me that Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge was a 13-month program, faith-based program. So I went there, and they introduced the Bible to me, and um, while I was in Teen Challenge, Freedom Works came and presented and told us about this place they had for people who needed aftercare, you know. And um, after I graduated Teen Challenge, I came to Freedom Works, and there I've been since February. Um, like I said, I met these amazing guys. You know, they're I, I wouldn't want it any other way. Uh, George does so much to help people, and that's what the world needs more of. You know. Yeah. Thank you. So next year, we're going to get these three brothers to come back. I want to see what, I want to be able to um, glorify God and what he's doing. But you, I'm definitely seeing diamonds in the rough. And uh, so the community of 60 guys, can you imagine going from 60 guys, broken men like myself, so I don't, no disrespect, we're, we're busted, we're needy, and we don't know what direction to go. We're going from six to 60. And uh, one of the things that we weren't able to do over on Penn was offer an aftercare and address the chemical addiction. So we've partnered up with people that do that well. So at this campus, we talked about our reentry program, but we also have guys that are in treatment. There are, we have maybe 30 guys in treatment right now, but then there's graduate housing. Guys get caught up in this cycle of when they go to a transitional program, they still can't get an apartment. So that apartment building that you've seen, we have 18 of our graduates that are living in there that feed directly back into the mission one way or the other. My staff is made up of former offenders, <laughs> you know, guys that, these guys right here, we've got uh, our junior staff sitting here on the pew, Buck, and uh, he definitely does an amazing job. But when God is saying to give them back, give them back, but he's purposing them now. So they're discovering what their purpose is in Jesus Christ. And that's where this building comes in. So this is the Achievement Center, and it's just a, a snapshot. The far center, or the far left building is the Achievement Center, but this is our administration building. In our administration building, we now have um, eight strategic partners that are bringing services and advancing the mission for the guys that are going to be next door, but that is under construction. So we spent months and months in, in this particular area. This is another large area. This is our future chapel and our recovery. Saturday night is going to be a recovery revival, and that's that we are um, collaborating and, and uh, partnering up with local people that are in recovery from Celebrate Recovery, which I know you guys do here and you're passionate about, and we are as well. And, um, and other like-minded recovery churches. On Saturday night, this room will be full of 250 people. That's the future. This is a portion of one floor. It's set up, this is a former senior um, 
uh, a senior facility, a senior care facility, excuse me, that, but now we have to go under re re renovations. What was zoned, and this is all licensing, we won't get into it, but would they, they rezoned us with the bureaucracy we have down in Minneapolis. So what we've had to do, and this is a picture of one of the rooms, and it's just a beautiful building. It didn't look like this when we bought it, nothing like it. But even as nice as it looks, we know that we want to continue to raise the bar, so we are going under renovations right currently, right now. And uh, now this is Jason. This is one of our graduates. This kitchen, this is one of two commercial kitchens on the property. So one of the things we we were not able to do was bring employment opportunities for our guys. What you're seeing is a clean kitchen. It took 200 hours, mind you, 200, maybe 220, to clean that kitchen. It was that nasty. And now we've just recently, well, as a matter of fact, on September 1st, we just moved in our partner, who's a caterer, that is gonna be teaching life skills through culinary art also employing 15 of the Freedom Works men on campus in a business that is serving out into community, and we are so excited about that. We also, you know what? Amen. Everybody in this room, we have to live, and it takes, we, we need to be able to work. Man don't work, you don't eat. You know, and when guys are coming out and they can't get employment, this is a great way for us to teach life skills. Of course, continue to plant seeds of Jesus Christ through our program. But this is up and running right now, but it's just, it's empty. We also have our maintenance program. And this is new. Uh, we've got one of our, our, um, our graduates, uh, Clyde, is our program manager that's under development. This picture right here is, uh, Clyde is in the red shirt. And um, he's been a property manager now for about a year and a half. But them are new boilers that we're putting in. So in this, in all the renovation, we're hiring our guys, but we're also developing an internship to be able to teach guys again basic life skills: how to how to how to cut grass, how to you know maintain the grounds, how to paint, how to I mean through. Um, these opportunity or these needs that we have, it's bringing forth opportunities for the men. I'm excited also about that. And of course, this is the expanding vision. And I'll just leave that up. And it looks like I, I, I should really um, sit down, <laughs> so to speak. So with that said, um, I just want to thank you for having us out here. Thank you for your continued prayers over the years. Um, but just know when, I, when, when we leave today that any support that's been given to Freedom Works, the prayers have not come back void that you guys continue to pray for these men you don't know, just like people were praying and preparing that room for me and they didn't know me, it's, it's, it's having its effect. You are building, your prayers are helping build God's kingdom. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. If you would like to know more about Bethesda Church, you can check us out on the web by going to our website, which is BethesdaMB.org. That's Bethesda, M as in Mary, B as in boy, dot org. Or check us out on Facebook by searching for Bethesda Church of Huron. Have a blessed day.